0: Welcome to the Principles of Success. My name is Nathan, and this is Interviewing the Experts, Book Review, Food, What the Heck Should I Eat. And it's written by the same author as last week, um, Dr. Mark Hyman, I think it is. I really should write down the names of the authors of the books that I'm reviewing, but I don't ever do that, so, oh well. Uh, so, this book has several mains. um, this book, how it's laid out is pretty simple. It has the category of food, and then it has several sections about the food. And that's what we're going to mostly talk about. So, he starts off with talking about meat, and then slowly makes his way through every single category of food that you can think of. Uh, so, the first section, and there's a couple main sections that I want to talk about, but there's many more sections of each food category that he goes into. The first section I want to talk about is the Food IQ Test, and that is the by far the most valuable section, because it basically is a list of facts. And it's a list of facts that are commonly not known or thought to be wrong. For instance, meat is not cancerous. I was surprised that a lot of people thought that when I found that out. Another one is that poultry is healthier than red meat. Also false. Another one is yolk is good. Yolk is where most of the nutrition in the egg comes from. And it is also the part that tastes good. Um, pure egg whites are actually not that good for you, at least when you buy them in the bottle, because there's a whole lot of chemicals in those egg whites that they use to make kind of mask the nasty taste of pure egg whites. Uh, let's see, milk is not a good source of vitamin D. That's another, um, fun fact that I knew that I didn't realize most people didn't know. It's not a good source of vitamin D, and it's also not a good source for, um, calcium. Your body just doesn't absorb milk's calcium it's plentiful yes but it's all about what your body can absorb and your body doesn't absorb milk's gas calcium um and then the next section that i really like is what scientists got right and what scientists got wrong and it basically breaks down the history of food science over the last like hundred years it was like well they thought this but then the science showed this and then like i talked about with the problems episode at the beginning of this month Just because the science has caught up with, or just because the science has proved something wrong does not mean that the public has caught up to the science. So that's a very useful section. And it basically goes here's what scientists thought was right and they got this right. Here's what they thought and was wrong. So that's an extremely useful section. Um, Another useful section is things to know. Yeah, just talk about a whole bunch of things. And what I wrote down for this was the poultry labels. This was, uh, he talked about the labels on egg cartons and poultry because they correlate mostly the same thing. And he was like, "Here's some things to know about those labels: um, natural, natural, and fresh are meaningless. There's no regulations on it. I can slap that on regardless of anything. It's just a marketing term." Uh, cage-free and free-range just means that it was not locked in a cage for its entire life. It doesn't mean that it could roam around, um, like another resource that I like studying. It doesn't mean that the chicken can be a chicken. It doesn't get to express its chickenness. It just means that it was not locked into a box about the size of the chicken for 100% of its life. Um... And it doesn't mean that they were outside. It could just mean that they were in a giant chicken factory and just not locked into a cage. Uh, hormone-free is meaningless because it's been illegal to do hormones with chickens for a good while now. So, like I said with the marketers section, a marketer's job is not to tell the truth. A marketer's job is to get you to buy the product. All of these were meaningless. Um, another one that I didn't write down that he pointed out is vegan chicken or Um. Yeah, vegan fed chicken and he points out that chickens aren't vegans. They are omnivores They their main diet actually is bugs. That's why they have beaks They peck around in the dirt to find bugs to eat them So this is just some one particular thing that I pulled out of the section things to know in the poultry section, so That's some useful things to know and things to know is a useful section to study and read and then I'm going to skip past the meat and poultry a little bit more uh just because I'm going to cover meat plenty in depth in this month because meat is meat is a health food. In fact, it's a superfood for the most part, and it's also the most villainized food. So, we're going to be talking about it more in depth during the principal episodes. So, I'm just going to skip past that. Uh some milk things to know. Um this Also, I don't 100% agree with him on everything. So the science he talks about is correct. I've looked at the science, and almost all the science is pretty much accurate. The conclusions he makes from the science, there's only a couple things where I disagree with. Uh, So, Milk is one of those examples. He, He spends a majority of the time villainizing Milk. He does point out the benefits of it, but, and I agree with the problems with Milk, but the two things that I want to point out that he briefly mentions in Milk is one, Uh, I don't remember the exact statistic he used, but 70% of the world is lactose intolerant. The more accurate statistic is that depending on your demographic of race, because this is a genetics thing, determines how allergic somebody is to milk. Caucasians are very lactose tolerant. Um, Asians and Africans and, um, American Indians are not. So... Depending on your race depends on how beneficial milk can be. Another thing that he kind of points out but doesn't go into very much depth is the milk. This is something that every health scientist agrees on. The milk that you buy at your grocery store is terrible for you. It is bad. Don't think that the milk that you're drinking at the grocery store is a health food. Now, there's still plenty of benefits, especially for bodybuilders, which is something that he kind of left out. The protein source of the milk is extremely useful for bodybuilding, if that's what you're after. But the milk you're drinking in the grocery store is often full of hormones and um, drugs, because we pump a bunch, most of the pharmaceutical drugs that we produce in America goes to cattle. So, the milk that you're drinking is pretty bad. Plus, low-fat milk is much more worse for you, because almost all of the nutrition value of the milk is taken out. And then sugar is pumped in to try and make it taste a little bit better. So if you're going to drink milk try and do whole milk um, and you're gonna have to do more research on this yourself because I can't go into depth in it because these episodes get a little long with health because I know my stuff and I like to ramble about it. Uh, But drink whole milk. Don't drink 2%, 1% skim, especially not skim. Uh, Don't drink chocolate milk. And if you can, drink whole milk and various other aspects of it, whole raw milk. There's some scientific debate about raw milk, but because it is slightly more dangerous. But if you drink raw milk from a um, cow that has been taken well care of instead of our industrial version of um, milk gathering, then blah, 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 blah. Milk is, for the most part, not good for you, but it does have certain benefits. Also, A1 and A2 is a genetic thing. Most people don't have a problem with A1, I believe. Most of the milk that we drink is A2. That's something to you'll have to look more into depth about, but it's basically the kind the of genome of the lactose. So, it's for my gluten-free people, it's kind of like gluten wheat versus gluten-free bread, or glut- regular bread versus gluten-free bread. Uh, it, The reason why we do A1 over A2 or A2 over A1 is because A2 genetics produces a whole lot more more milk versus A1 but A1 is more easily digested by the human body. So there's that milk, tuna is terrible, don't eat tuna, tuna is very high in mercury. I mentioned last episode that uh, coriander or cilantro helps remove heavy metals but you still shouldn't be putting heavy metals into your body in the first place. When it comes to fish, the smaller the fish is the better because basically how it works is this fish eats a little bit of mercury and then this fish eats that fish plus that fish who ate a little bit of mercury plus that fish who ate a little bit of mercury. And then this fish eats that fish who ate all of those fish. And the bigger you get, the more mercury that has been accumulated by the fish. So tuna is a pretty big fish actually, and it's, or at least on the food chain. And so, it's full of mercury, and I don't think I need to go into the science of how bad mercury is for you, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, Vegetables, I'm also going to kind of leave to him to explain. Everyone should read this book. This is an absolutely very useful book. There's not really a whole bunch of fluff, so that's why I'm doing more critiques on it than summary on it in this episode. And his vegetable section, I really only have one complaint, and that's his potato section. A lot of his potato section is actually based off of, um, outdated theories, is the easiest way to put it. Potatoes are good for you. Let's put it that way. In fact, potatoes are so good for you that you literally could eat nothing but potatoes and still be fairly healthy and functional. There's a reason why the Irish were able to do so well when they were only allowed to grow potatoes. Of course, then there was the whole uh, potato famine thing, and a whole bunch of Irish died, so that wasn't that good. But, potatoes also are a superfood. They're just, the reason that there's a high criticism for potatoes is because they are very starchy and uh, high glycemic. But, the confusing thing is, um, sweet potatoes are almost identical to potatoes, besides the fact that they have a little bit more beta-carotene in them, which is that orange pigment. Um but otherwise they're virtually the same. Yeah, sweet potatoes are considered a health food, but potatoes are not. So that's my only criticism for vegetables. Fruit. I really like how he fra- phrases it. Fruit, and when you say that you need X amount of servings of fruit and vegetables, kind of makes the thought that fruit and vegetables are, not this, are equal. Fruit is very high in sugar. The fiber in fruit slows down that sugar, so it's not as bad as sugar sugar, and it's also a different kind of sugar. Um but when you make a smoothie out of your fruit you're breaking all that fiber down and it's basically glorified pop at that point there's still new vitamins and nutrients which is better than the pop but in terms of the sugar context it is still pretty bad so eat your fruit whole uh another food iq thing for you frozen fruit is actually better when you're buying in the grocery store frozen fruit is actually better than um fresh produce the reason being, it, just because of how our food system works, especially in America, is the food is grown somewhere and it's transported a long distance to get to where you are. And so to make it show that way it's good there, they pick it super ripe um, where it's grown and put a bunch of sprays on it to try and get it to be good when you buy it at the store. So frozen fruit is harvested when it's ripe and ready to go. And so it has a more nutritional balance of how it's supposed to be. Um, next, let's talk about fats for a little bit. I already mentioned in the previous episode, vegetable oil is extremely bad for you. It's toxic. Don't consume it. Throw it out. Um, you need fats to absor- absorb vitamins. So when you have your salad, put some olive oil on it or something. Eat it, wi- eat it with a nice... Um, fatty piece of meat. You need those fats to be able to absorb those vitamins. Um, there's two types of, really two types of vitamins. There's water-soluble vitamins and fat-soluble vitamins. Most of the vitamins that you get from plants is fat-soluble vitamins. You need fat for it. Just don't let it be the toxic fats. Let it be real fats like tallow and, um, which is, uh, be fat. Um, also don't use shortening. Shortening's another one of the Vegetable oil trans fats that is not good for you Um, Just to go a little bit more on tangent of good fat versus bad fat Basically remember whenever somebody says good fat if they're not a up-to-date nutritionalist they're referring to Toxic fats that are bad for you and when they're talking about bad fats. They're the real fats that humans have uh, eaten for all of millennia and It's what our cells are made out of and they're referring to those as bad fats So, animal fats are good, seed oils and vegetable oils and man-made fats and oils are not. They're fake, and your body does not appreciate it. So, lard is the other word I was looking for. Lard and tallow are very healthy fats. Lard is pig fat. Um, shortening and sprays are not. Don't do those. Um, fat does not make you gain weight. It is calorically dense, but the caloric theory is also somewhat debatable. But fat itself does not make you fat. Sugar makes you fat. There's a reason why fat people have sweet tooths. Because back to previous book review episode, they fed their microbiome with a whole bunch of sugar. That microbiome really likes that sugar, so your taste buds crave that sugar like crazy. And so you eat more sugar, and sugar really makes you fat. Sugar is very fattening. There's a reason why obesity became a problem when the... Availability of sugar became cheap so oh also um, The federal guidelines in America at least I don't know about the rest of the world has officially Said that there is no limit to the amount of fats that you're supposed to take that came out a couple of years ago so according to Official federal guidelines which I talked about don't necessarily keep up with the science But according to the official federal guidelines fat is good that you There's no limit on the amount of fat that you should have. Let's talk about beans and grains real quick. Beans and grains have benefits just like milk does. They do not necessarily quantify as a health food. Um, grains, their main purpose is that they fill you up. So if you're poor and broke, grains are extremely useful. That's why they've been referred to as the staff of life. Because they're very easy to survive off of. We're talking about health, not survival. There's zero health reasons why you need grains and a long list of reasons why you don't need grains. Um, And at the beginning of this month when I talked about problems, there's a, I think I mentioned this, but I'm not entirely sure, but essentially, how crazy do you want to be about health? Do you want to be a super health nut or do you want to just be uh, decently healthy? So I still eat plenty of grains, even though I know that they're terrible for you. Grain is tasty. I like sandwiches. I like uh, tacos. Um, So I'm not saying completely cut out of them. I'm just pointing out that they're not a health food. And then beans. Beans are a terrible source of protein. Um, They are the best vegetable source of protein, but they are a terrible source of protein. And they actually contain chemicals that make it harder to absorb vitamins and nutrients. So if you eat a lot of beans, you have to eat a lot more of other stuff to be able to absorb the same amount of stuff that you would have absorbed normally. Now, if you're a vegan, um, beans are your best source of protein. And beans, honestly, aren't that bad of a food. They're just not what I would consider a health food. They're a food, if that makes sense. Uh, We've already talked about sugar plenty. Sugar is toxic. Do not um, consume sugar. I have a bag of candy in my living room right now, so again, how serious do you want to be about this? But uh, especially if you want to lose weight, you need to cut sugar down drastically. Um, I only eat sugar on rare occasions, mostly just festive times. I only have that bag of sugar in my living room because a friend bought it for me, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take some sugar." It's some. Um, it's my favorite candy, so I wasn't going to turn it down. So, but sugar's toxic. It is a toxic. If it was discovered today and not hundreds of years ago. Uh, The government would have stepped in and said that there was no way that we were going to allow this into our food system because it is Not a food. It is a toxin that just happens to taste really good Um, And then beverages so this one also is where I have a lot of Agreement with him and the science, but some of his conclusions I disagree with so first off fruit juice is just is almost just as bad as pop and other stuff especially in terms of sugar content That fiber is really needed to make it slow down. Plus, a whole bunch of chemicals is put into your fruit juice, so that way it tastes good, even when it's um, sat on the shelf for a long time. Fun fact for you, not in this book, but fun fact for you, most of the orange juice that you drink is actually pretty rotten. Uh, It's just so full of chemicals and fake flavoring to make it taste like fresh orange juice. Uh, Orange juice does not have a shelf life. It goes bad really quick. Uh, So... Fruit, is, fruit juice is just bad. Sports drinks are also glorified pop with some salt in them. Um, unless you're an ath- athlete or somebody who is sweating balls all day, there's zero reason why you need to um, drink sports drinks, especially when there's better alternatives. Just add salt to your food. Salt is good. I uh, kind of skipped over that one, but salt is good. Um, you need salt in your diet, and you need... Potassium in your diet. The more potassium salt that you have in your diet, the more you can absorb, the better you stay hydrated. Another fun fact for you, potato going back. Potatoes are a better source of potassium than bananas. So eat plenty of potatoes too. Potassium is also responsible for how sore you are, which is another reason why I recommend eating lots of potatoes. I'm a bit of a fanboy for potatoes. (laughs) Um and then here's the part that I disagree with. He talks about coffee tea, and wine, and he does point out that there is some health benefits. He also points out that a lot of the health benefits are overblown. For example, you might have heard that a glass of wine helps you stay living longer every day. There is some correlation to that. The science is not very clear as to why, and there's plenty of evidence showing that it's not really much of a factor, but there is some correlation. Another thing you might have heard about wine is that um, or the glass a day makes you healthier. The living longer is the second fact about wine, and it is wine makes you live longer. The truth of that, though, is you need to drink about, uh, some ridiculous number, like, 5,000 barrels of wine every single day to get that benefit. So, he, he does a good job about pointing that out. Um, coffee, another fact about coffee is it's the most consumed antioxidant in Americans' diets. Tea has a sp- the common drinking of tea, like not your herbal teas, just your regular tea, your iced tea, your black tea, your green tea, your uh, matcha, all of those t- teas all come from the same tea plant. And there's plenty of health benefits that come from that type of tea. The problem I have with all three of these is he goes, yeah, you, could, you can take these, here's some of the health benefits, here's some of the drawbacks. But my criticism on it is, Cocaine and heroin also have plenty of benefits, but they are also pretty bad for you. And that's the part that I really disagreed with him on, is yes, they have some benefits. They also have a long list of bad things that they do to people. Uh, So the facts are there, they do have some health benefits, they also have a lot of bad health benefits. Most of you probably are addicted to one of these things, so I'm probably not going to talk you into not drinking them. Just know that they're not actually a health food, no matter what people say. They have health benefits, but they are terrible for you. And that's where I'm going to leave it for today. Fantastic book. The criticisms that I said are literally the only criticisms criticisms I have of this book. The science that he put into this book is phenomenal, and how he breaks it down is fantastic. Everyone should read this book, just so you know how the basics of nutrition. This is a very simple book to understand. It's what's good, what's not. And so go read this book. This is a book that I have read. I've lost count of times of how many times I've read because it is a fantastic book in the science of sound. So with that, I'm going to leave that there and I will see you all next week.